Well, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. And for those that are online, thank you for worshiping with us this morning. Well, today is Scout Sunday uh, here at Martha Bowman, and some of you guys received your bulletin from one of our scouts. And so I want to ask David Archer to come forward. He's going to share a little bit about what's going on with our troop and our pack. But as he's coming up, I want to ask just one question. How many of you guys, and I'll give you uh, the parameters, how many of you guys have been involved with scouting or, or connected to scouting, either as a scout, you could have been a Cub Scout or a Weeblo or a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout or a Brownie, uh, you could be a parent of a scout, you could be um, maybe a scout leader through the years, um, but how many of you guys are, have been connected with scouting, and if you don't mind, just stand up so we can see how uh, widespread this organization is. Oh, hallelujah. Well, let's, yeah, just acknowledge that. Wow, wow, that's probably 90%, I would say. What do you think? About 85, 90%. Well, David, come tell us about what's going on with our scout troops. Thank you, Mark. Thank y'all for helping me be here. Those lights are really bright. Um, it is always exciting to me when we do that because you get to see exactly how many lives scouting touches. And it is the, the vast majority of, of lives and, and congregations. So I'm excited to be here talking about our scouting program. Uh, the first thing I want to say is thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you give us a, a, a building and lights, and recently it's been kind of cold, so we've been meeting inside, so thank you for that. Um, you know, you, you provide us with awesome leaders, uh, like unit leaders and uh, people who are on committees. Um, there is a group who had the idea to... to Help, help, or to build for us a camping location that's just on the, the other side of Howard Community Center. Um, we've just been blessed so many ways by the support of this church. Um, and so that's my first thing is to say, just say thank you. So um, I do want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, how the pack and the troop are, are doing. Um, so um, it's, been a, it's been a weird couple of years, whatever about that. Uh, but honestly, you wouldn't know it from looking at our pack and our troop, because we are, we're, we're going strong, right? And I think that's a, a testament to, to you guys, right? Your resilience and your willing to, to come and do, uh, and I'm very grateful to the parents for doing that as well. Um, so I'm going to talk a lot about the troop. I, I'm sorry, I know less about the pack. Uh, what, one of the things I'm excited about the pack, though, is to see some new faces, of, of younger kids. And so our pack is growing. And so you'll see the little ones come in. I think some kindergartners and maybe some first graders. Um, one other thing I know about the pack is that last Monday night, uh, we had five, we had five uh, arrows of light and they went across the bridge and they walked from this side to that side. A, a tremendous uh, moment in their lives because they've moved from Cub Scouts to Boy Scouts. They had a, a crossover. Um, and so we're going to welcome five uh, new scouts into our troop on Monday night. So I'm excited about that. Um, I will say y'all should smell a little better this year. I don't, I don't know if you do or not. Um, y'all won't remember, but the last time we had Scout Sunday was our crossover last year. And we had a camp out uh, before, which sounded cool. Like, let's just go to church after camping out. But um, I, anyway, I don't think that was our best presentation. So we might not, we might not do that again. Anyway, so we did. We chartered the troop. Uh, it was sometime in March, February, March, and so we've gone, been going for just about a year, and we've done lots and lots of cool things, right? Probably the, the, the coolest thing we did was go to summer camp, 
right? And so we went to Camp Thunder. I, my Georgia geography is not very good. It, it's somewhere over toward Columbus. Except it's not really, but it's out, out in the woods over there. And we had a lot of fun. We were the youngest troop there. We took seven uh, scouts, um, and they were all the basic scout rank. But I was so proud of them, right? We learned so much during that, that camp. Um, we went camping, you know, I think five times. We had a short backpacking trip. Um, let's see. We, we went to Andersonville, learned a little bit of history. So that was cool. We went to Folkestone Funnel to see uh, trains, you know, and learn about our, our train merit badge. Uh, every, I forgot to say, everybody at camp earned a merit badge, right? And we've had um, everybody throughout, everybody in the troop, all seven of them, have at least earned one rank advancement. Right. Um, and most recently, so we had a fishing trip, which was the most recent one, um, which was cool. Uh, but before that, we went skiing. Uh, we actually went with the youth group, which I think that was a really cool opportunity for us to be able to mix with the youth group and, and see what each other does. It was a lot of fun. Um, I tell you, uh, there were uh, there were nine scouts that went and not one of them had ever had their foot ever touched a boot that had ever touched a ski. So. I was really worried. We came back, and we only had one tweak knee, and that was better by the next day. Um, it was just a blast, and we got like 18 feet of snow. It was amazing. So. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to look at my notes, or else I'll, I'll go on too long. Um, no, I, think that's, yeah, I think that's good. Okay, yeah, so I will say, so nine, um, is it right? Nine? That's not right. Is it nine plus five? What's nine plus five? Is it, it's, have, I been, have I been saying this wrong? Are we going to have 14? I've been doing my math wrong. We're going to have 14, 14 scouts because um, I've been somehow getting 13 out of it. When we add the five new on Monday, we will have doubled our troop size in a year, which I think that's, that's cool, right? Um, so, you know, we do, we do adventure. We try and have fun. We're trying to outside a lot, and all that's great. But don't, don't tell them this. What we're, what we're really after is uh, a few key things, right? So we, the mission of scouting is to, to create um, scouts that will make ethical and moral decisions as they, as they grow in life and live, live according to what we call the, uh, the scout oath and the scout law, right? And they have some aims, and it's about uh, character development, right? Developing uh, leadership skills, because these are the leaders of tomorrow, Anyway, these are the leaves of tomorrow. I looked at my son. I'm just kidding. Um, and now I've lost my place. So character and leadership, uh, citizenship. What does it mean to be a citizen uh, in the United States and the world and our community today? And then physical fitness, right? And so I'm so proud of y'all. Y'all have done awesome. We're going to continue on our journey. Uh, so two messages. Thank you. Number two, if you know any, any boy that is kindergarten to just about almost 18 years old, can't be 18, but uh, send them our way. You know, if you think they could benefit um, from leadership and, and character development, uh, we'd love to have them. So thank you all. Yeah, so we, we're very proud of our pack and our troop, and I will echo what he said. We've, we've, we're blessed by good parents and some great leaders. Thank, oh, I want us to pray. Um, and, and we... Uh, are so grateful for the scouts that are participating, but without the parents and without the leaders, the, the troop wouldn't be. So I wanted to uh, just a point of contact with David, but just let us pray for our, our pack and our troop. 
Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you with grateful hearts, grateful for organizations like the Scouting Program that uh, teaches morals and teaches ethics and, and helps young men and young ladies to, to be good citizens. And Father, we just thank you for our pack and our troop. We thank you for the adults that are working with them. We thank you for the parents that are entrusting the children to this wonderful program. And we just pray that your uh, protective hedge will be around our boys and, and, and the leaders as they continue to, to learn about the outdoors, as they continue to grow in their understanding of different things. I, I thank you for David and, and the other leaders and, and pray you just continue to, to just uh, watch over them. I thank you for the young men and women that will be coming into the program in the future. Lord, just continue to, to bring them from the north and the south and the east and the west. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, David. I was a part of a Troop 6 in Columbus, Georgia, and, uh, and earned my Eagle Scout. I'm very proud of that and, and just had a great group of leaders and great group of men uh, that, that I uh, went through that program with. I, I was on the summer camp staff at Camp McKenzie. I, I think Camp Thunder might have turned into, might have been the Camp McKenzie, but anyway, that was over there in the Columbus area. And uh, I, I taught water skiing merit badge. So all summer long, I taught kids how to water ski. And Kevin Mullins, who was uh, in my high school classmate, was my boat driver. And we were in the same scout troop. But anyway, Kevin and I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world to spend a summer uh, being paid to uh, teach water skiing. Uh, and so it was just so much fun. Um, but I'll always remember, gosh, we went out to Philmont, New Mexico, and, and hiked out there and, and 50-mile canoe trips and Appalachian Trail. We've hiked that and, and just a lot of things with, with our scouting program. And uh, so I know you guys are in for a great treat. Uh, continue to, to stay with it. Stay with it. Uh, they, they still do skill awards. They still do those. The thing on your belts. That's, that's old from way back. Anyway, you had merit badges and skill awards and, and that kind of thing. But anyway, all right. Well, we are uh, still in a sermon series entitled God's Love Time After Time. And we've been trying to track through the big picture of God's love in the scriptures. And, and what Fran and I hope is you, you get this uh, overarching sweep of, of, of God's calling and God's uh, wooing of, of human and uh, humankind. And so we started off in Genesis and and Fran talked about how God created everything and it was good and, and that God is good. And then we found out, unfortunately, in chapter 3 that, that the trusting of God was something that we as humans didn't continue to do. And so there was the original sin. Adam and Eve trusted, uh, didn't trust in God from what God said would be good and evil and in, embraced something that changed the relationship between us and, and God. And, and then God saw this man named Abram and, and made a covenant with him, cut a covenant and said, I'm going to be faithful to my end of it. Here's what I want you to do, but I'm going to bless you and your descendants forever, and they're going to be a blessing to the world. And so that covenant that God made with Abraham, we see that all throughout the scriptures. And then uh, I talked about within that covenant, God made a covenant with David, one of the kings. And from that covenant, uh, we see Jesus being the king of kings, the Lord of lords, uh, and so uh, last week, Fran talked about Jesus and, and how he uh, is the fulfillment of all of that, uh, but looked at a very specific uh, situation in the life of Jesus when this woman who had been forgiven of sins uh, comes with a grateful heart and, and weeps over his feet and, and uh, anoints his feet with, with perfume and, and dries Jesus' feet with, with her hair. And the religious leader had invited Jesus into his home, and this took place in this man's home. Uh, said if Jesus knew what kind of woman this was that was touching him, you know, he wouldn't allow that because she's a sinner. And uh, the hope was that we see that as Jesus fulfills this covenant that God makes with humankind is that he sees each one of us. And his hope is that we um, receive his love and his forgiveness and that we can be restored. And she, she was a changed woman. 
And, uh, and so we want to be those people that embrace what God has for us. But this covenant that God makes in this New Testament, this new covenant in Jesus, is not just for the, the Jewish people, the line of Abraham, but in Jesus, in the New Testament, this blessing that God gave to the Jewish people, his people, his, his chosen people through Abraham and then through David, this covenant now is for all of us. And that's how Jesus changed the covenant and made it and fulfilled the old covenant and made the new covenant. And so this morning we're going to talk about now we're in the church era. So we're in this new covenant that is for everyone. But what God has done now, instead of just choosing one nation, one people, now everybody can get in on it and, and we can be a part of his church. And so the scripture that's in your bulletin, uh, we'll look at that real quick. Uh, and then I'm going to ask you uh, to share with me your thoughts on this subject. So be prepared if you're willing to share. There's no right or wrong answer, but I'm going to ask you in just a moment to, to share your thoughts on it. But uh, let me uh, set this up. So the scripture that's in our, in our uh, order of service is Matthew 16, and we're just going to read 16 through 18, but let me set it up. So Jesus has been walking with his disciples, and they're north of um, the Holy Land in a place called Caesarea Philippi. Now, there's a Caesarea on the coast, but this isn't that Caesarea. This is Caesarea Philippi, and it's, it's about 25 miles north of Galilee, where the Sea of Galilee is, and Jesus did most of his ministry. So they've gone about 25 miles north, and they're there ministering and talking to people. And so Jesus said, you know, uh, what do people say about me? Now, Jesus has been ministering for quite some time. He's fed 4,000. He's fed 5,000. We don't know how many women and children, but, but that's how many men there were. And, and uh, Jesus has, has raised someone from the dead. Jesus has healed lepers. Jesus has opened blind eyes. Jesus has preached the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has had times in the tabernacle and uh, in, in, in the synagogues, and he's been teaching, and the religious leaders have been confronting him with questions, and he's amazing them and has answers. Um, he, they, these disciples have seen him just in all these different scenarios and most recently Peter uh, when, when Jesus was walking on the water said Lord if, if it's you then bid me to come and, G and Jesus said come out and Peter walks on the water he sinks but God bring, Jesus brings him back to the boat all of this calming the storm they, they've experienced all of these things and so the crowds have come like we said 5,000 men, 4,000 men I mean there's been massive crowds around him and, and Jesus, not being insecure, saying, hey, you know, what's my press, what's my press report? But, just, but he says, what's being said about me out there? And uh, they said, well, you know, Jesus, people are saying that you're Elijah, which was one of the great prophets of the Old Testament who, who also raised someone from the dead. And God used Elijah to do some powerful things. Um, and, and they said, well, some people are saying you're like Jeremiah, you know, who was a, another prophet from the Old Testament during the exile period of time and uh, very famous in, in their, their, their history. Some are saying, well, you're John the Baptist. John the Baptist had been beheaded. Uh, and so they were saying that you, you're John the Baptist, kind of reincarnated, which we don't believe in reincarnation, but, but you're, you've got these great powers because, because you, you're, you're kind of like John the Baptist and he was the forerunner to Jesus. And uh, so there's a lot of speculation. Who is Jesus, man? We're this guy who, 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 who preaches like no one else does. This guy who, who, who heals people that, that are, you know, got leprosy and, and got people that are blind and he touches them and they, they can see. I mean, you know, so there's all this buzz about Jesus. And then he looks at them and says, well, who do, who do you say that I am? And then we get to this point, in our, and Peter answers, Simon Peter answers, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon of Arjona, means son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. So when Jesus responds to Peter's response, which Peter's response is awesome. He says, you know, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ. You are God in the flesh. When he said son of God, he means you're, you're almighty God. You, you've kind of come and you've hung out with us. And I believe that about you. I see that in you. I, there's nobody like you in the whole world. I mean, I walked on water to you, Jesus. You know, kind of I would read between the lines here. It's like, you know, he said, no, you're, you're the son of God. You're, you're almighty God, you know. And, and, uh, and he said, my father in heaven allowed you to see that Peter and you understand that truth which is true because it's been revealed to you. You, you, you you believe this not because you made that up or someone told you about that but God helped you to understand that through his spirit and he said you're Peter and, and in the Greek it's Petra and in and, and Aramaic which Jesus would be speaking is, is uh, Cepha and so it's uh, Cephas and, and it's the same thing so Jesus does a play on words he said you're Peter and upon this rock, Petra, I'm going to build my church. Now, some the misunderstanding might be that, well, Peter's the one God's going to build the church on. And that's not true. But Peter was a great influence in the early church. But the understanding is, Peter, on this truth that I am who I am, and that is God in the flesh, the Messiah, the promised one, the Christ, that's what the church is going to be built on. And Paul writes about this later on. He says, Jesus is the foundation of the, of the church. Another place they say Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. So when you're building, you, you have that good foundation. But a cornerstone was a stone they laid and everything else was, was lined up upon that. And so he's saying, yes, the church is going to be built upon me. I, I'm the one. I'm the side. And then he says, upon this truth, I'm going to build, and I love this, my church. So the church of Jesus Christ, this you are his church. And he is building the church. So as a pastor, I always remember that. It's like, Jesus, this, this is your church. We're the, you know, we're the sheep. You're the shepherd. And, and so there's pressure uh, on, on, and, and, and on leaders. But the beautiful thing about being a pastor is, uh, the, the, yes, the buck stops with me and a lot of things. But Jesus, this is your church. And I want to be faithful to you. And we want to be faithful to you. And so, so help me lead your church kind of thing. So, uh, but he says, my church. So here's what I want to ask you. And I want you to think about this. And if you're willing to, to share what you're, what you're thinking, just raise your hand. I'll call on you. But when you think of church, what comes to your mind? When you think of church, what comes to your mind? Yes. Family. Family. Excellent. Yes. God. God. Hallelujah. Because he's, he's, yeah, that's why he's why we're here. Yeah. We're going to, um, we're going to unpack that. Yes. Community. Community. Exactly. What else? Yes. Worship. Worship. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mission trips. Mission trips. Right, right. What else? Yes. Love, oh, thank you. Love. What else? Okay. Everything y'all said is exactly what I want to talk about. And I'm glad y'all said that. Now, here's the problem. God is working with broken glass. We're all broken. We're all um, 
we've got our issues. And so the woman that Jesus cared for last week that Fran preached on, we're all in that same boat. Now, we might not be a prostitute like she was. You're not a prostitute like she was. Let me just say that. It's not like you, well, there might be a chance that some of you, no, no, okay, that, that came out wrong. Our English language, you could take that wrong. Woo, we're all sinners, but, but here's it. Uh, but, but God looks at each one of us, and he knows our failures, and he knows that we need to be forgiven, and that's why he died on the cross for us. So he sees each one of us, and as we respond to that grace, and, and with grateful hearts we come, and, and with humble, humbleness we say, God, just continue to love me and continue to be that person that you've revealed yourself to be. Uh, he does that. But because we're all broken and because we all aren't perfect, all those things you said are right and true. But let's, let's flip this thing and let's talk about sometimes church doesn't do a good job being the church, do we? We just don't, okay? And I own that. I understand that. So now I'm going to ask you, those were all right and that's how we should be and that's what the church is supposed to be and we'll unpack that a little bit more. But when you think of church... Or people that you know that might have been hurt by the church, or what you what you think society thinks of us. What are some of those things that come to mind? And these are going to be the negative things. Okay, these aren't the good things that y'all just talked about, which are true and which God wants for the church. But what else is out there? What what else is? What are people saying about the church? I guess would be the, yes. They're what? They're judgmental. Yeah, they judge people. All right, and that can be hurtful, right? Now we can be fruit inspectors. I heard a preacher say that one time. You, you know, your fruit bears witness to what, how you live, because uh, we have to hold each other accountable. And God wants us to be accountable to each other in love, but being judgmental and harsh and condemning, and that's kind of what last week when Jesus said, "Simon, I have something you say to say to you. Do you see this woman?" Well, Simon had already judged that woman, right? In his mind, he said, if you weren't here last week, basically, he said, if Jesus knew what kind of woman this was that's touching him, you know, he'd already judged her. She was a sinner, she, that kind of thing. So, yeah, we, we, we have sometimes the church, this, this uh, reputation of being very judgmental, and that's not a good thing, okay? But we have to hold each other accountable, but, but in love. What's, what's another thing that when people think of church, what they might have experienced. Not the love, but maybe the judgment. What, what is, what's another? Hypocrites. Yeah, yeah. We know we're supposed to live like Jesus, but if we don't, then we're just hypocritical. And that's one of the things that God really convicted me when I, when I really got right with God. He, he showed me one thing in my life, and I knew, man, I was just, I was a hypocrite. Because I, I thought it was a great Christian, but man, I, I you know, look at this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So you say one thing, but you live another way, or you do, you, you, you know, that kind of thing, hypocritical. So, so we're, we're all wanting to be more like Christ. We're all, Christ. We're all wanting to, but, but we've got to give an effort toward that and not be hypocritical. What's another thing that is out there about the church? Are y'all just being too nice to say? <laughs> we won't stay on this long, Yes. Pious, yeah, just looking down our nose at other people. We're holier than thou, and, and, and we don't have compassion on others many times because we just think we're so good. And that arrogance and that pride is, is not attractive to the world at all. Um, and so, and you see Simon in that from last week having that same kind of 
you know, and then Jesus talked about a parable where, where the religious leader comes and, and says, God, I'm, you know, thank you that I fast twice a week and I give all my, you know, do all this stuff. He was very pious. And then another guy comes and he says, God, just forgive me. And he beats his breast and said, Lord, I'm a sinner. Just, and, and who went away justified? Jesus said it was the one who was very humble. So, um, yes, let's do one more. Anybody have what's one at the tip of your tongue? Yes. Excluding. Yeah, yeah, like we, we don't want you here. Just like that woman last week, my friend talked about, you know, just, gosh, you know, you, you're not welcomed in this home because you're a sinner. All right, so, so there's good, and you guys have experienced the good, and you, and you were quick to share with those, and thank you, and that's what, but, but you know, we, we don't get it right all the time, and we have missed the mark, uh, but Jesus said, I'm building my church. So what does that church look like? Well, first of all, it looks like love. It's a place, and, and if, let's um, show that picture, Joseph. Now, this is on the wall in the youth room. Liz just put this up last week with some help from somebody else, but... But I love this. So when the youth start walking in the, in the youth room now, this is what the... Have you guys seen this this morning? Some of you guys might have been here ushering and didn't see it. But those, yeah, so, so this is brand new. And it says, hey, you. So anybody who walks in, it, it says, in this place, which to me means in the church, in God's church, you are welcomed. So we don't want to exclude anybody. You're, you're welcome to come. Come and, and taste and see that the Lord is good. You, there's an invitation. We have a sign out in the church. You're invited. You know, come, come be a part. You're invited. You're welcome. You are safe. That good shepherd takes care of the sheep. So the church should be a place where folks are safe. Physically safe, yes, but emotionally safe, spiritually safe. And we want to create that. We don't always do a good job of that. But you're safe. You are loved. Many people don't think they're lovable. Gosh, you know, how could somebody love me? People feel that, see that in, their, in themselves. And, but God says, I do see you. And I do love you. And in his church, the church that Jesus is building, the church that he wants is the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, he loves us. Now, last week, Fran might have mentioned this, but... She was quoting someone who said, I've never strived to be holy out of shame, but out of love. Love helps me to be holy rather than shame, shaming me into being good kind of thing. Does that make that sense? So when we're loved, we, we, we have this tendency and know that we're loved to naturally and want to do the right thing, want to do the things that honor the person that we love. God loves us, we love him, so we want to do have a desire to do we're not shamed into doing it so you're loved you can be you and you are mine and it's love jesus um now the idea of you being you is a part of that safe place but what we also know is that that uh, this word sanctification which means it's a it's a progression of getting more and more like christ going from glory to glory a, a moving more into into christ likeness in our life so yes, you are accepted as you are, and you are welcome to come as you are. But the beautiful thing about being in the kingdom of God or being in God's church is you see around you people that, that want to be Christ-like. So we want to be like Jesus when we're around Jesus' followers. And so we can be ourselves, our authentic selves, knowing that God is still working on those areas of selfishness. God's still working on those areas of greed in our life. God's still working on those areas where 
We might treat, we might feel pious and look down upon somebody else. And those things God's saying, hey, I'm, I'm wanting you to, to be like my son, but be the person I've created you to be, your authentic self, which is being conformed in the image and the likeness of God. And so we're all works in progress, amen? We are. But the problem some people and the barrier that some people experience is like, I got to get my ducks in a row before I can go to church. Or man, I, 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 don't, I don't feel worthy of going into that building because it's, it's, it's the church. And so God's saying, hey, I want you to come. And, and the church, we, Martha Bowman, should be that same. Come. And, and, and be a part of this community that you said community. This group of people who love the Lord and care for one another, who know we're not perfect, we're broken glass, but we want to create an environment where we can all grow and be nurtured. And when we fall, we're not going to be kicked out, but we're going to be picked up by someone and say, man, I know that was tough, and, and I know you, you know, but Jesus forgives us because his blood cleanses us. And man, you can, you, you can go, and, and, and I'll link arms with you, and man, we'll do this together kind of thing. And so I love that. So let's just keep that up there the whole time, Joseph, if you don't mind. Uh, but, and Liz, thank you for that. Where's Liz? She's going to come do announcements. I think she slipped that up. But um, didn't want to embarrass her. Uh, but youth, I want you to see that and, and know that and hear that every time. Because Jesus is building his church. It is a community of those who want to grow, those who want to know, those who love the Lord. It is a place where we um, are nurtured and cared for. It's a family. Someone mentioned family. And so when we come to the church, this is the family of God. Now, Abraham and his family were the chosen people in the old covenant. And you had to be born into that family. And you had to trace your lineage back to Abraham. It was very important. And the sign of the covenant was circumcision. And so it was just very important. So in the new covenant, in God, when God is building his church, now the church is the family of God, but it includes everybody who believes in Jesus. And so the sign of the covenant is you've been baptized. There's this outward sign of an inward and spiritual grace. There's faith in Christ. And then because of that, we're, we're, we're baptized. Or our family loves their child enough they want them to be baptized, which is an initiation into the church of God. And then later on, that child is going to remember they were baptized, put their faith in Christ, and be fully into the church. And so there, there's this beautiful idea of family. And so Jesus said, you know, that we can call God Abba, Daddy father and so you as a child of God can talk to God anytime you want as a, a child talks to their parent uh, and it's a safe thing it's a it's a it's a it's a, a beautiful experience and so the church is a family uh, the Greek word for church is ecclesia it means an assembly of, of folks who have been called who have been chosen and brought out and and to form and so this idea of we, we've come out of the world Jesus, God says, come out of the world and be separate says the Lord and touch not what is unclean and I'll be a father to you and you'll be sons and daughters to me and so this idea that we are called out of the world to be in his family, and in this family, which is establishing the kingdom of God, the world sees, oh, we're a little bit different than everybody in the world because we're not ruled by selfishness. Oh, we're a giving community. Uh, we do missions like we go somewhere, and we're not paid to go do it, but we pay to go do it to tell people about others. We'll, we'll go work on their house, or we'll go do whatever it might be. We, we, we will, we'll give you the coats and, and places, food, and all. we, we want to share these wonderful blessings with you so you'll be able to hear the message of 
a God who loves you, who's willing to forgive you, who, who paid the price for your sin, which is your death, and took his, your death. And all of these things were, were, were a part of a, 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 a body that goes and does things on behalf of the Lord. So we're called out to be, to be a part of a, a, a thing. Um, another part of the church, it's a place where, where the Word of God is proclaimed. So every Sunday that you come, we're going to be preaching God's Word. We want to tell you the truth of the Scriptures and, and, and help us all to be more Christ-like. Um, there's fellowship, there's, there's the sacraments of, of baptism and, and, and communion. We take communion here, and, and uh, there's prayer. We talked about prayer. There's, there's worship. Uh, I love our praise team that just leads us into, into worship. Um, if you go to the traditional church, we, we do the Apostles' Creed, which is uh, truths that have been taught since the time of Jesus that the apostles continued on and taught in, because they were with Jesus and they continued to train. And so this idea of, the, of creed, which is what I believe, uh, one of the things it says about the church, I believe in the holy Catholic church. Now, Catholic is a little c. It's not the Roman Catholic church, which is Catholicism, but that word Catholic, little c, means universal. So we believe in a holy, in other words, the church should reflect Jesus, we're not perfect. We're working that sanctification. We're working to be, be like that. Um, but it's a holy. It's set, that word holy means to set apart as sacred, as, as, as unique. To, and so we are set apart from the world to be like Christ and, and we're um, to be serving him, to be pure before him. But we're universal. The church is worldwide. The church is everywhere. Uh, I, love, I love when I go on trips and I, and I meet a Christian, whether it's a group like, and I've told you this before, but every time I've flown internationally and I've seen a group of of of, you can tell they're Americans. Um, you know, I read this thing because I'm going to do an overseas trip in a little while. Um, all these different signs that show you're American. And one of them is baseball caps. We're, we wear baseball and white socks. You know, and uh, and men wearing shorts. They said, you know, men don't wear shorts all over the world. It's almost like if you're, it's like wearing. Well, I'm getting way off track, but, <laughs> but men don't wear shorts all over the world. You know, they wear long pants. But I will tell you this because you're like, what, is, what was he going to say? But the funny thing is, I told Fran, I think that's funny, but um, it might not be funny to you. I'm really going off track. But, but it's like if you see a man in Spider-Man pajamas walking around, that's how weird it is to, to people in other countries that don't wear shorts all the time. But for us, we wear shorts, white socks, baseball caps, all that kind of stuff. Um, but when I travel internationally and I see a group of Americans, I'll always go talk to them because I just like to go talk to people. And, uh, and that's another thing. Americans will go talk to strangers, and they'll smile at people. That's, that's part of the... I need to land the plane in just a minute. Um, but, um, but I'll say, hey, you know, tell me about your group. What are you guys doing? Every single one. I've never met a group, and, I, and I've been blessed to do a lot of traveling. They've been on a trip as a mission group. They're going somewhere to share the gospel. And that's only in those airports at that particular time. But every group I've ever met, um, it's just amazing. So, so um, we are a community that, that wants to, to, to share the good news, to tell people about God. We're called to be holy and we're called to be Catholic. But that universal idea, it's beautiful. So wherever you go and you meet Christians, it's like, oh, you're an in, they, you have something instantly in common with that person. Oh, you love Jesus too. Oh, my, you know, that kind of thing. And no matter where you go, when you meet Christians from, from all over the world, you're a part of the body of Christ. You're, and we didn't talk about body yet. We're not going to. I'm going to land the plane. But, but we, uh, we're, we're a part of a body. We're, and, um, but they're your brother or they're your sister in Christ. And, and God, has, Jesus is building his church. And the church is producing and, and building the kingdom of God. And providing an atmosphere where the kingdom of God is characteristic of that group. And that's what we 